Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. These niggas so scary, won't let them bury me. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Curry. And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. Uh-huh. These niggas hilarious. I think Welcome back to Don V Fridays. It was a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. We haven't recorded since I believe May 6th. It is June the 2nd. So almost a month between shows, but Trust me, a lot has happened. Drift, how you living, my boy? How you doing? doing how was your great, Memorial man. Day? It was a good weekend. I uh, just hung out with my parents at their. They have. They went to a campground. We just hung out. But I, I just started my internship last week, so I was. I've been busy with that. Um, I do like uh, like automation, which is like making bots and shit for for a company. So we'll see. I got a couple months of doing that, and then I go back to school for a semester. So looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Yeah, man. I hope everybody had a safe and blessed Memorial Day weekend. Um, I, I hope the I hope the vibes were big. I hope the I hope the food was good. Um, anybody that subjected delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. They kids to the Flanders Burgers or the Gwaltney Hot Dogs. You deserve prison time. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with people? If you subjected your kids to the Gwaltney hot dogs or the Smithfield hot dogs, if you're from Virginia, you know about the Smithfield hot dogs. If you got your kids out here eating Smithfield hot dogs and Flanders burgers on Memorial Day weekend after the troops then die for our sins, some of you motherfuckers need Jesus. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, Don V Fridays is presented by um, the Locker Room app, it is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to all kinds of fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. Um, NBA playoffs is going on right now. Multiple games going on at multiple times. There's all kinds of rooms going on on Locker Room app. Um, it's it's free. It's audio only. You know, no, no no pressure for people to have to feel like they need to 
get on cam and things of that nature. It's audio only. It's a platform for sports fans. You can start or join conversations. You can watch games together, you know, react to rumors, news, you know, all kinds of sports going on. So, you know, join in on the conversation, have a chance to be featured on, you know, your favorite, your favorite content creators podcast, things of that nature. It's rooms going on every week, every day, you know, so come through, man. Uh, locker room app. All you need to do is download locker room app for free at the iOS app store. You know, create a profile, link your Twitter, join leagues, groups, all of that. So locker room app, man, iOS store. Um fucks with it. But um I guess it's time to for me to tell the people what I've been going through for the past month pretty much uh especially since the last time we recorded and um truthfully i was in the hospital i was in icu i had what they call a hypertensive crisis and um where basically my blood pressure spiked to critical levels where pretty much the doctors thought that i could have a stroke or heart attack at any time now, I am a person who has high blood pressure. It's hereditary. Both my parents have it. All four of my grandparents have it or had it. And um, so it was something I, I was aware of. But um, I had a headache one day. And I went, I, I had a, um, I have headaches. People with high blood pressure just have headaches. It's part of it. But um. I set an appointment at a clinic and for some reason was running a blood pressure of like 240 over 120, which is like double what a normal blood pressure should be. Oh, so, shit. so I was sent immediately to the emergency room where I was in ICU. They put me on an IV drip. They put me on an IV drip to bring my blood pressure down. And then the day nurse put another IV bag in my system before she left. And then the night nurse came in and my blood pressure was like 100 over 60. And if you have high blood pressure or critic, even if you have critically high blood pressure, you're never supposed to just drop and go from way high to way low. That can kill you. So that's what the nurse did to me when I was in ICU. I'm not blaming her. Um, she just ain't know what the fuck she was doing. It happened. Play us fuck up. Um, the hospital did uh, catch the situation. Um, they had to put me on another IV that raises blood pressure. So I had three ba basically three bags of IV uh Two to lower my blood pressure, which the second bag took lowered it too much where I could have died. Then I had to get put on another IV bag to raise my blood pressure back to high, but lower than the critical numbers that I came in there with. And um, I was in the hospital for three days. They, to this day, still don't know what caused the situation outside of me already having high blood pressure. 
and not taking my medicine like I should. And this is something I got to talk to my, uh, I guess, not just people with high blood pressure, but people on medication, period, whether it be for mental illness, high blood pressure, diabetes. Um, you got to take your medication. It's there for a reason. And this is 100% on me because even though I'm not an old person, I'm not a young person either, but I'm too young. I'm still kind of young, but I feel like, man, I'll be all right. But no, if you get prescribed medication, you have to take your medication every day. It's there, it's there for a reason. Um, I was not taking my medication like I should. And while I'm an active person, I wasn't dieting like I should. I had cut certain foods out, but I still was um, sometimes eat what the fuck I want to eat. So what I learned from three days in the hospital to an ICU is you have, like, you get one life. I got YOLO tattooed on me, so I kind of live my life according to that. But sometimes you got to chill out, take your medication, and you have to listen to what the doctors say. They're only here to help save your life. And... um. I have I haven't worked since May 12th. I've been home relaxing and um I guess I'll announce this on the podcast that I'm moving back to Virginia and starting a new life. Uh, I'm getting away from DC, getting away from the stresses of living in a big city and um going back to a more simple life, uh simple living. I got a support system back in Virginia. I have none up here. I'm up here by myself. So that's an opportunity for me to go home, relax, rest, get my health in order, and maybe down the road, if I want to come back to, to the city and do it again under new circumstances, I'll be able to do that. But I got to get my health and things in order first before I can do that. So that's pretty much what happened. That's why there's been no podcast over the last couple of weeks. I know Drift said, I mean, Drift has, is, is doing his thing, too, moving up in the world, but most of it was, yeah. A nigga was fucked up. Um, this is the first time I'm, this is the first time, I mean, my, the people that, the people that know about this, they know about this or whatever, but I didn't really make this public. I wanted to share this, because Don V Fridays were like a family, we're like a community, you know, my TP2 people, of course other close friends and family but you know donvy fridays is like a family i don't keep shit um off the time i don't keep shit off of donvy fridays and things of that nature because i'm a person that whether positive or negative i talk about people on this podcast the good shit they do and the bad shit they do so i would be not living right to keep anything in my life private while airing out other people's private business. I got to air myself out too. And like I said, I wasn't taking my medication like I should. I was I, I was on a diet, but it was I was very relaxed with that diet. So I had to uh, completely change my diet. And I have to, and I take my medicine every day, um, figuratively and literally, because people text people on my ass about am I taking my medication so that's what's that what happened to me um like I said if you do have any type of 
health condition, please take your medication or you'll end up in ICU like my ass. So that's what happened to me. Um, like I said, me and Drift, we've been, in, we've been in constant communication. Shout out to you for checking up on a nigga, making sure I ain't die. You know, oh, that's yeah, very bro. appreciated. Of course. Of course. Um, I appreciate all the love I got when I was in the hospital. Um, dude, one thing you learn when you in a hospital bed is you find out who fucks with you. <laughs> and I found out I'm a very blessed and highly favored individual because people stayed checking on my status. People sent me things. You know, people sent me, I got, I got balloons and all kinds of love from people. Some people I've never met in real life. So the internet is powerful and you will meet some great people on the internet. Everybody on the internet is not a weirdo that's trying to rape you and kill you, but it's some good people and hokey Twitter and hokey nation. There's some real good people, some good solid individuals that I would even consider my friends and family, even though, like I said, we never physically met some of these people. So, yeah, no, shout out. I'm glad. I'm very glad you're good. And uh, it, it's always an interesting experience when you go through something like that and you're in the hospital because, like, like you're talking about how you, you learned a lot being in there. And, um, you know, now that you're doing better, it's good that, you know, you can take some of that stuff away and now you can live a healthier life for yourself and your future and you'll be good. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. But I had to, I had to let the people know what was going on. Um, I was getting some with a podcast when you podcasting. That's what's been going on. I didn't tweet this. I, I kind of alluded to. It. I think I posted a picture of me in the hospital bed, and people were like, "What the fuck?" But I didn't explain what happened. But that's what happened. Um, I'm not dying as a as we're recording this. I'm. I feel fully fine i feel normal again um the headaches are gone because i'm taking my medication and making the right step so i'm fine so please don't hear this and dm me or text me like are you dying are you fine i'm good now better than i was two weeks ago definitely but um we're gonna get into this podcast you know because the people don't want to just hear about me and my bullshit but um <laughs> Devin Hunter has been reinstated and is allowed to rejoin the Virginia Tech football team. Um, Devin Hunter had that situation last fall, like right before the football season, last summer, almost before football season. And um, he did some time in jail, and I think he pled guilty to some shit. He's owned his shit. He's he's he 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 took he took his on the chin. He was a man about it. He he's been nothing but remorseful, and I'm I'm personally happy to see him rejoin the team. Um, what's your take? Oh, I love it too. I think I think we might have even uh, talked about it recently on one of the recent episodes of because I think something was going on with him. But um, no, it's good to see him back. I think he owned his shit definitely online and. Uh, I mean, the defense is definitely going to need him as well, and he's going to have a great opportunity to showcase his talent and um, like get back in terms of his his lifestyle. So I'm I'm excited to see what he does this fall, and uh, I'm just happy that you know he the coaching staff gave him a second chance. Um, I saw Eric mm -hmm. Kuma's tweet about how like they should have done this with Mook Reynolds, and uh, I agree. Like I think 
but I mean, at least now they're kind of going in the right direction with that. So I applaud the staff for, for helping him out and keeping him around. I want to applaud the staff too. And it's easy for me to be cynical and say, oh, you probably need them because the talent level has dropped. But even if that's the case, um, we're talking about outside of this one incident, Devin Hunter's only incident. He's been a great ambassador for the team. Just we talk about a person that was a highly recruited player, very highly touted prospect coming out. And um, he's never transferred. He's never threatened to transfer. He's never you never seen him pout on the sidelines when he wasn't playing. And he was willing to sit behind Reggie Floyd and learn how to play safety. He was willing to do that. And like, you know, you know how the game is today. Especially if a, it don't kids don't even be good. Kids be two stars. I ain't playing transfer portal. We in the transfer portal era. So for for Devin Hunter to never even mention the transfer portal when people would assume that he would transfer he would get on twitter and check people hey i never said nothing about transferring and things of that nature so shout out to him like i said he was remorseful of his actions he has owned his actions so with that he deserves to rejoin the the team america is the land of second chances i believe that um America's the land of second chances. And if you are remorseful and you didn't, you know, do anything too crazy, we'll talk about that later, but if you ain't do nothing too crazy, you should be able to come back and rejoin the team and continue to make money or, you know, live your life. Like that incident shouldn't end his life, in my right. humble opinion. Um, but as far as what does this mean for the 2021 team? going forward do you think because we're talking about a player while he was highly recruited and highly touted he didn't live up to his status we're talking about a kid that before he left he was kind of positionless he never shined at any defensive position and there was even talk about him possibly moving to running back right so what does this mean to the 2021 team does he does he just start over Tay Daly at safety, or is he going to be a backup? Those are the questions that I guess we we need to see answered in fall camp. What say you? Right, I think I think the same thing. And honest, and like the staff brought in Tay Daly for uh, like kind of for insurance. Also, I think they brought him in thinking that he was going to be the safety next year. Um, I mean, we saw this past year they were playing like. They didn't really know Devin what they Taylor. were doing. Yeah, at that position, they moved Devin Taylor. I think he was a cornerback before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right. They moved him there. So the staff was kind of blindsided by it too. They were, I think, they were expecting obviously that he would play. But I think this is a big year for him. Camp's going to be interesting to see how he looks on the depth chart. Whether they're going to move him up right away, or it's going to be a battle, or maybe like. He doesn't start necessarily right away and then comes in like week two, week three. I guess we're going to find out and see. But I think this year is going to be his year in terms of defining who he is as a player and what position he's going to play moving forward. So if I were to bet, I would say that he's going to end up being the guy at that position by the end of the year. And I'm hoping that he uh, takes that like extra step. And like you said, we haven't really seen him shine there yet, but um hopefully he can he can figure it out and uh i think he can do a good job of it it as well 
Yeah, and I also seen a tweet where it was like it was a no-brainer to bring, bring him back because he knows the system. And that's not true. Devin Hunter has never played in J-Ham's system. He only played in Bud Foster's system. Last year was year one of J-Ham's system, and Devin Hunter wasn't on the team. So he may be – he's familiar with some of the players, but honestly, even in Bud Foster's system, Devin Hunter looked lost as a true mm-hmm. freshman and a sophomore. So to say, okay, he knows – and that's just what people say when they – talking about a familiar player. Oh, yeah, he knows the system. He didn't look like he even knew Bud Foster's system. Just in, in, he might can talk it. He might know the terminology. But he didn't look like somebody out there that knew what the fuck he was doing. So, right. we can't just take take him and, and put him in j system, which is different from Bud Foster's system, and say, okay, yeah, uh, we got experience, an experienced player. But we, we got a player coming back. Devin Hunter has little experience. Because he didn't play much outside of special teams, so do you think? I mean, like um, I say, what would you about to say? Do you think that in Jayham's system, he might be suited as like like better in a different position, or do you think that they're gonna just roll with him, basically playing the same way? I think they're just gonna put him back there. It, I think they're just gonna put him back there at safety because I, he was being groomed right. to be a safety. I don't think they would try him at Rover, so or maybe they do. Because the, the thing about the thing about the current defense is as an athlete, he's probably the best athlete, pure athlete on the defense. Him and Amari Barno, I guess him and Barno, even though they mm-hmm. do different things. The best pure athletes on the defense as of right now is Amari Barno and Devin Hunter. So they'll it's going to be interesting to see what J-Ham does with Devin Hunter. Does he just say, fuck it, you just roam around and just make plays? or Because he clearly wasn't fitting right. in any system before this, this situation. And now he's had a year off from football. So if it were he, you... might, not get, he might not get significant rep, game reps until maybe – three, four, five games into the season. Mm-hmm. If it were you running the defense, like if you were in Jay Ham's situation, um, like what do you think you would try and like just let him loose and let him make plays? Or do you do you think you it'd be he'd be better off like like you say, like playing more of that like safety role in like the back end? He I think he would be better served in a position where he doesn't have to think the game as much. So he probably would be a better rover, but I don't think he's going to see any significant plan. Like, if we need him week one versus UNC, we're getting killed. <laughs> like, if he, like, like, if he's the, if he's what we, if he's the best we have, and we have, and we need him, we are getting torched by Sam Howell because Sam Howell is going to identify. He's going to identify what we got going on. He's going to pick it apart. So, I don't know. I, th- I think I think it's going to take a couple of weeks before Devin Hunter is making plays. I think he gains some eligibility because of the COVID year because this would have been his last season, but I think he gained a year back. So, if he want to play out this season and next season, 
I think he'd have the eligibility to do so. So hopefully he takes it as a slow process. I know he won't. I know he's probably itching to get to the NFL because he has NFL size and traits, but he hasn't put any good film together yet to even be thinking about NFL. So he probably needs two seasons at Tech being productive to even sniff the NFL at this point, especially with the you know criminal situation he had going on. Right. All right, moving on, moving on. Um, we got some breaking news, some sad news, but breaking news is on the day we're recording. We're recording on Wednesday, June the second, and um, freshman linebacker Isia Tute was charged with second degree murder, um, of a forty year old man in Blacksburg. Um, police responded to a um what they call it, a wellness check or something like that. They responded yeah. to like a wellness check, found a dead body in the apartment, 40-year-old man, uh, a business owner in Blacksburg. Crazy situation. The details are still coming out as we record. Uh, maybe by the time this podcast drops, more information to be out of a motive or things of that nature. People had to educate me on what second degree murder is because I'm not a lawyer <laughs> nothing like that I ain't never killed nobody so I don't know how the degrees work but apparently second degree murder is you didn't premeditate you didn't think about it I mean you did it but you didn't plan it yeah. something like that in, in layman's terms um, like heat of the moment anger type heat, of of, heat of the moment uh, heat of the moment you killed somebody you you intended to kill somebody. It wasn't an accident. That's manslaughter. But you did mean to kill him. You just didn't plot and plan the shit out. You would have murder like that. But um, great crazy story all around. It, we still, like I said, we're still collecting details. Um, I don't want to get too deep in about a motive or why. But what's your thoughts on the situation? It's just terrible. It's a terrible situation for for literally everybody. The school, like, just terrible. Like, the, the news is just absolutely awful. The kid's so young. Uh, only was at Tech for, like, six months. And, yeah, it's just bad, man. I, I was at work, and I just got on my phone real quick, checked Twitter, and it just, like, popped up. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, are you kidding me? And now it's, like, national news on ESPN. TMZ had it. Like, ugh, not good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and. The person he killed is Jerry Smith. He owns a couple restaurants in Blacksburg downtown. And it's news, not really news, but like word is starting to spread about the type of person he was, where he's allegedly drugging people, drugging people that I guess attend his establishments, like women, but it's even some men that came out and said they've been drugged. So I don't want to paint the victim as like whatever, but this is what came out today. This is all part of the story, you know, so I'm not casting no victim blame or nothing like that, but they're saying that the, but the streets are saying that this person was a creep or this person you know, is allegedly out here 
drug and women. He has a reputation for drug and women. So is that connected? We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Um, like I said, that we had what we have here is like a, a tangled web. It looks like we're about, we about to go deep into the rabbit hole. This one guy, he might be chasing clout. I'm not sure, but um, his name was Jerry something. Not the deceased Jerry Smith, but another guy named Jerry something was he. He put out a tweet like more arrests are possibly coming. Now he might be just chasing cloud or talking at his ass but um if there's more players involved in this whether they try to remove ec atute from the scene or you know had the body if they assisted in any way they're an accessory so mm -hmm. this this is crazy i know we talked about Devin hunter early and america's the land of second chances america mm -hmm. does not look at like murder in that same light you have to be to murder somebody you have to have been straight defending your life to walk away on on a murder beef um right. yeah like i said it's crazy i mean it's, you have any further thoughts oh uh, i I just I hate speaking like on like a young kid like that. It just I think the situation in general sucks. And like especially this time when like June is like this big month for the football program and we're we have official visits starting June fourth, which is this weekend and we had visits last weekend. There's all this like positive news coming into Virginia Tech and then you just have this bomb dropped on Wednesday. Uh it just sucks for everybody. So I don't know. I, I I hope it doesn't get uglier. I hope there's no more. Hopefully, there's no more bad news or no more players involved. But I mean, when this podcast gets out, maybe there will be more information on like that tweet that you're talking about because I did see that as well. And so hopefully, there's no more players that were like there. I mean, it just it, in general, it's just bad. Bad for the school. Bad for the players. Bad for everybody involved. Yeah, that's bad all the way around. Um. It, it, it's bad all the way around. Ain't no other way to say it. It's, it's a yeah. fucked up situation, especially when you're talking about a 18 year old. Like, I'm 34, so 18 year old is a kid to me. Like, that's a motherfucker that's just now starting his life. And um, sometimes we make that. sometimes we make poor decisions or bad decisions, even if we think it's for the right reasons or. We get so upset that we do things that we probably shouldn't have did. So, like I said, more more uh, details to come out. But um, in positive news, more positive news. It's hard to fucking pivot off murder and shit. But uh, VT picks up a commit. Um, seven five seven defensive end Lamar Law Jr. Um, three star kid, big kid. I think like six five two eighty. Um. The, I guess my question would be whether they play him a uh, D tackle, obviously, but maybe some offensive line. Who knows? Um, I didn't see a I didn't see a big athletic kid. I just seen a big kid. So mm -hmm. I guess they try to mold them into something. If defensive line don't work, I'm pretty sure they move them to offensive line, maybe guard or something. Um, yeah, I I read a one of like an article on twenty four seven and they like interviewed him or something like that. And he was saying that the staff, when 
they were talking to him. Uh, they want him like inside and outside on the D line, like just basically whatever he ends up being when he gets there. So I, it sounded like he likes the versatility of being able to like fit whatever mold they want. So I guess we're just gonna find out if he even sticks, because you know, with like how many transfers we've had in the defensive line, it'll just be interesting to see if like he even plays. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is somebody that will not be contributing to the 2022 team. He he's going to need a red shirt. He's going to need he's going to need a couple of seasons to be developed to a starting level power 5 player. And that's no disrespect because he was good enough to get a Virginia Tech offer. So there is something there, but everybody, you know, everybody's not an instant impact player or nothing like that. So, you know, God bless right. the kid. We don't shit on, you know, we don't shit on no recruits on Don V Fridays, but it's a project. It's a wait and see player. It ain't, it's not nothing to go crazy over, but right. it is, it, it is. If anything, it's an indication that the dead period is over with as far as recruiting. And uh, like you said, official visits start June 4th. We had some unofficial visits last weekend and, um, it looked like they was playing top golf in Lane Stadium. So mm-hmm. this staff and 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 I, I'm gonna just say me, I beat this staff up a lot. I beat I beat I beat the staff up a lot. But somebody, if it ain't Fuente, somebody is trying. Whether that's Bo Davidson or whoever, somebody is trying. You know, to to make Blacksburg a a place that people want to be. Gunner Gunner Givens was in the building, um, among others. So somebody's trying, and that's I, no fuck that. That's not all I can ask. I ask for more than that. I expect more than that. But somebody is trying. A- any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you you had said once before that if you're like a lower a lower level player um, in terms of recruiting that they, that you should have size or at least some athletic trait. And for this right. kid, I mean, he's listed as six, five, two eighty. So he's got size right. at the very least. And he's also from the seven, five, seven. So I'll take it. Like I, right. th- they're at least in that direction. I like that. Like I can get on board with that. And like you said, like they are trying, like they're doing fun things in the building. Like I like seeing recruits there, like dressing up and shit. They got the right guys in the building. So and yeah, we do ask for more. We expect more, but I mean, I gotta give the the props when you know the props is due. Definitely, the prop prop should props definitely have to come out. And and I think even the most staunch Fuente supporters can recognize they know recruiting got to get better. They know that in order for us to compete for ACC titles. Recruiting has to get better. Um, I think I think where the disconnect is, I think I think the recruiting disconnect that I, that Virginia Tech fans have as a whole is, like I've said on this podcast, the way we recruit currently is good enough for you know eight, you know the peak eight wins, the occasional coastal championship run. And that's well, that's well and goddamn good. But in order to dethrone Clemson, in order to 
you know, put some heat on Mac Jones and and Manny Diaz at Miami um, to 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 really compete and win not just coastal titles, but to compete. Even if even if Clemson owns this conference for the next decade, being the second best ACC team. That's not a bad title to have. You're still going to New Year's Six Bowls. You're still competing in Orange Bowls. You know, you're still you're still playing in big games. You know, obviously all of us want to win a national title, but you have to you got to crawl for you walk. So you're going to have to step it up in order to get to a place where you're in a position to dethrone Clemson because in 2016 we thought when we played Clemson and lost, it's only going to get better from here. Where we found out it only got worse from there. So, how do we get back to cementing ourselves as one of, if not the best team in the ACC? Because being a contender in the coastal is not enough. That's not enough because the coastal isn't good enough as a whole. The coastal will never be good enough to force Virginia Tech to get better than what it is. Yes, there's UNC and yes, there's Miami, but the rest of the Coastal, whether it be Pitt, uh, UVA, Duke, um, that might be the rest of them. It might be, oh, Georgia Tech. I forgot Georgia Tech, who's on the come up. They'll never be good enough to push Virginia Tech to the bottom of the Coastal. So that said, we could go every year the way, even the way Fuente is running shit right now, and always be a top three coastal team, which can lead you to fuck six, seven, eight wins every year. So the ACC coastal will never be good enough to push Virginia Tech to the bottom of the barrel to to make real change happen. So that's why. I'm one of the people that want Fuente to be successful because when he's successful, we're successful. It's a good thing. I just feel like Fuente has personality issues and he has leadership issues that keeps him from relating to kids, which then keeps him from landing kids and losing the kids that he does have. And that's where we're, we're kind of stuck in purgatory where, like I said, We'll always be in the mix for the coastal, but you know, never push to the bottom of the coastal. So, because the coastal is not right. a good division outside of the one or two teams that win it or can win it, uh, the rest of it is always trash as hell. And we can always feast on bad teams or lose to bad teams. So, right. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like feast on bad teams or you know just scoop my way to seven wins just because the rest of the teams are bad. But um, I want the team to be on the brand of, like, other teams look at Virginia Tech as, I don't want to play Virginia Tech. Even if we're the second or third best team in the ACC, like, that's how Virginia Tech used to be. And now I get the feeling that the other teams look at Virginia Tech like, ah, like, whatever. It's not that hard of a game. Like, it's not really something we're going to go after. Like, it's just Virginia Tech. Like, I want to be back to the point where it's like, Clemson doesn't want to play Tech. Like, the better teams, when they see us on the schedule, they don't want to play Virginia Tech. And you got to get there, and I think maybe we're on the way a little bit, but I guess only time will tell. 
Right. I want these motherfuckers. I want these motherfuckers looking at Virginia Tech on the schedule, especially the bad teams in the the G5 teams and the FCS teams. I want them to look at their schedule and see at Virginia Tech and know they have no hope. Like we going out here to get our ass stomped. We going out here to get our fucking heads bust wide open for a check for the school because our school needs new uniforms and we need a new locker room. So we going out here to get our heads bust wide open for the calls. These G5 and these FCS schools come in at Tech thinking, shit, we can take them. And they do. Hey, we can we can take they these do. motherfuckers. <laughs> the attitude, like when when you see a home game in Blacksburg, the opposing team, even if it's a free team, be feeling like we can beat them. You can see like they well, they like you see them go out on the field. They got a swagger to them, a bounce to them. They barking on us. Yeah, because be it's happened. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Like Duke came in, Duke came in on uh, what was it like a Thursday night and dropped like fucking forty five on us at home. Oh yeah, that was a Friday night. Friday night, yeah. That that was a Friday night. That was the infamous, that was the infamous blowout game with the ninety nine Hokies in attendance. They Mm -hmm. would be an honor at halftime. So I mean, when you when you flop in games like that, you're not going to get respect, and people aren't going to be scared to play Tech, and they're not going to be scared to play Justin Fuente. Right, that man instills no fear, and the inferior opponents. And I still think the bigger opponents. I think I I, I think the uh, I don't want to say call Clemson a blue blood or whatever, but the 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 teams that's on. I think they still don't want to play Virginia Tech because they know if we play a Clemson or if, if we get matched up in a bowl game against whoever, I think those teams know, okay, we're going to get their best shot. They're still capable. Right. It's the little teams. It's the little teams that cause me stress when I'm like, we're not talented enough to blow this team out. So when you're not talented enough to blow out G5 teams and FCS teams, what happens? You go into the third quarter up three points. You go into the fourth quarter up a touchdown. Anything can happen at that point. This is why we be losing to these teams. Right. This is why we be losing to these inferior teams because we're not talented enough to blow their ass out at the beginning. So when they go into the third quarter and the score is 17 to 17 and nine, they're like, if we make a couple more fucking plays, we can win. No, you want these teams with no hope, no chance. We coming to blow these motherfuckers out. That's the end of it. So that's why that's why we harp so much on recruiting and the level of recruiting, not just landing warm bodies because we don't celebrate that shit over here. We celebrate the kids, but we don't celebrate the level of recruiting at its current state. They gotta step the shit up. They're going right. to need to make some big splash recruits because Sharad uh, Colville Jr., he wasn't in Blacksburg last weekend. You want to know where he was at? He was in Miami. A kid from a kid, a kid from Chesapeake should never be taking visits, unofficial visits to Miami on Memorial Day weekend while Virginia Tech is doing visits. So exactly. that that's the stuff that got to get cleaned up so yeah we did pick up a 757 recruit today that's good that's good that that can be a building block 
We did bring back Devin Hunter. That's also a good thing. That's a building block. Will the LeBorn brothers, who are both from the 757, will they come to Virginia Tech? That could be another building block. Now you have legit building blocks. I don't give a fuck about the stars. I say that shit all the time. But when you get these building blocks, Jordan Williams, the Clemson transfer, 757 kid. Now you got building blocks leading to something. So even if the 2022 cycle isn't what we hoped it would be, you got building blocks for 2023. Now, especially with the current current drama in the 757, we'll probably talk about that next show. But current drama going on in the 757, as far as some allegations being thrown around, there could be more turmoil. So now we can swoop in and there can be more building blocks. This is going to be a slow process to earn our state back. But it starts with commits like Lamar Law Jr., who might not even ever play meaningful snaps. It starts with bringing back a Devin Hunter, who, as of right now, is still a four-star bust. It starts with bringing in Clemson transfer Jordan Williams, and he starts for the team. It starts with bringing in both LeBorn brothers. Um, one, both, well, one came out of Juco because of whatever happened at Florida State. So mm-hmm. those, 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 it start. that's where it starts. It don't start with just bringing in, okay, here's a random corner from Arkansas. Here's a couple of kids from Texas. Here's a guy from Delaware. Like, that's not recruiting. Right. That's not recruiting at all. But this shit has no rhyme, no reason. You just got guys who, who want to come. Like I say, warm bodies. No, that's not recruiting. And recruiting right. also ain't, we need to just land all the five stars because Virginia don't produce that many five stars. The the person that came up with the uh, narrative that anti-food fans just want five stars, they're saying that they're, they're um, deflecting from the real issue, which is not recruiting properly. It ain't just right. about the stars. And that's what I want to see. I want to see them recruit properly and put together a class where they like, where it makes sense, where, where like every kid is like you say, that building block. Like it's not some random class put together. And I felt like the past couple classes were just random classes put together. Where it was like, we're stealing kids here and here and here, and it makes no sense. And then we have kids like Tyree Saunders and um, uh, the other one, uh, I forget the DN's name, uh, just transfer out, Justin Beatles. The, Zion DeBose. Yeah, exactly. So like I want to see – I want to see more of that structure when it comes to like recruiting and building these classes. And when they do put together these classes, like even if they're not splash guys, I want to see the building blocks that make sense so that we can eventually build up to a place where a back is like that motherfucker who nobody wants to play. Right. And, and, and newsflash to all the people that speak, speak bad on Virginia recruiting. Um, even these unranked and one star and two star players from, 757 or Highland Springs or 804. They're friends with the five stars, you dumb fucks. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the familiarity matters. Uh, you don't get Marcus Vick without recruiting Brendan Hill, you dumb fucks. That's how recruiting works. So right. to anybody that says that I shit on two stars and three stars, you're lying. Don't lie on my name. The last the, 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 the last thing I need in this world is people to lie on my name. I've never shit on any three-star, two-star, or unranked kid. Now, 
Do I have a party and a parade every time we land one? Fuck no. But I do recognize the importance of landing kids from the Commonwealth because, like I said, these kids are friends or they compete with and have relationships with the five stars, the top ranks, the Devin Hunter types. So you got to make your recruiting classes mean something. Getting right. some random kid out of Wyoming does nothing. Mm -hmm. We're not going back to that state. Not saying that we got anybody from Wyoming that I know of, but filling your classes up with random kids from everywhere. It like basically we're like we're like a poor man's Kentucky because Kentucky basketball, they get five stars from everywhere and it don't probably matter. But all those kids are NBA bound anyway. They probably did know each other from the top, the top uh, AAU circuits and shit. Whereas what we're doing in football, we're getting a bunch of kids that don't know each other, and we're getting them all to go to a place they've never been before. So, right. and then they get there and they don't. Rant, the rant is over. My rant is pretty. My recruiting rant is <laughs> over with. Um, but shout out to Lamar Law Jr. and uh, Devin Hunter and the future building blocks that's gonna get us back right. Uh, any, any. Any last thoughts on this topic before we close out this topic? Yeah, I mean, all that I really have left is right now the the class is ranked at like 34th, um, and there's a solid amount of pieces in there. There's six guys committed, and we have a huge month coming up right now. So um, just if I had to say anything to the staff, like just keep building on it, have a plan, make it make sense, put people together that can create relationships and build back our state um and hopefully we can like move in a better direction and and get back to somewhat of what virginia tech football used to be all right moving on moving on lebron james and the los angeles lakers are currently down uh three games to two to the phoenix suns uh last last well we're recording this on wednesday so tuesday night um Suns, the Suns blew the Lakers out. Lakers did not have did not have Anthony Davis. LeBron went out there, um, and pretty much him and the rest of his team got their ass. Those people that think that uh, LeBron's legacy on the line, you know, or shit like that. The Lakers get took out the first round. Which they're crazy. They just wanted a reason. A hater fucks up. I call it when he does great, great. Will this? Will this be a bad look for LeBron James lo losing in the first round to the number two seed Phoenix Suns? I don't think so. Like in the grand scheme of things, I really don't think it matters for his for his like his own legacy. I mean. If you look at the Phoenix Suns, they actually have a really good team. Um, mm -hmm. And I think they match up pretty well against the Lakers. In fact, I think they match up better against the Lakers than probably any other West team. Um, and on top of that, they had the Lakers had a bad regular season. They dealt with injuries. LeBron, pretty sure, dealt with injuries as well. So I don't they think it's really going to matter. Yeah. I don't think it's really going to matter for LeBron's legacy. I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to be remembered 
exactly the way we all think. I mean, it's like the most talented, best basketball player ever. I don't know about greatest because I'm more of a Jordan guy when it comes to that. But um, I, I personally, like a, a kid asked me like last week who I thought was going to make the finals from the West, and I told him the Lakers. I just thought LeBron would just pull it out because I respect LeBron, but they just have a bad hand dealt right now with with AD being injured. I don't think they win. Uh, maybe they come back and win, but I don't really think it's going to affect his legacy. Do you? Uh, nah, LeBron is in year 18, and I think LeBron is washed in the Tom Brady sense, where Tom Brady was the greatest player in the NFL. Well, he is the greatest player in the NFL history, but he he was arguably, in a lot of years, the best quarterback in the league with sometimes not even Gronk. Like, he would be throwing the ball to fans, and he could make that happen. Brady, Brady, just having Tom Brady meant that you was a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. And the same thing goes for LeBron. No matter who played for the Cavs, Heat, or Lakers, he could carry that team, no matter who was on there, to the championship. And now this is where... Brady is washed and LeBron is washed because they both can still play at the highest level, but they both can no longer just take any fucking body to the championship. So this is this is probably why LeBron left the game early last night because he realized I can't carry these motherfuckers. I need Anthony Davis back and right now. So me, I don't think LeBron legacy takes a hit because when even when people say LeBron legacy is on the line or whatever, what are they saying? Is he no longer? I think everybody with a fucking brain thinks LeBron is at least the second greatest player of all time. So would this make him third or some shit? Yeah, like what does that <laughs> does do? This make him, does, does this make him, okay, now uh, Magic is back better than LeBron. Like what are they saying when they say his legacy is on the line? Right, I think yeah, they're just trolling. <laughs> I mean, they have to be because there's no, there's no other like, like you said, like what, what are you really trying to say about LeBron? Like, what, what, like, what are you trying to make? I mean, he's, he's in year eighteen. Like, he's already basically cemented yeah. who he is as a player. You gonna take that away from him when he's fucking like thirty, what, thirty, thirty-five, thirty-six, or thirty-seven, whatever it is? Yeah. I mean, come on, like, I don't know. I mean, you put switch him with Chris Paul. They're about damn near the same age, and Chris Paul is getting shit on. Yeah, and Chris Paul is having shoulder issues, um, like nerve damage or some shit. But shout out to Chris Paul, man. Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards to ever play. If Chris Paul can secure one ring, even if it's a coattail ring, he would be a top three point guard of all time, probably behind Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, the old Isaiah Thomas, not that midget. <laughs> um, the little person and can't say midget no more. But uh, <laughs> the little person, I mean, the old Isaiah Thomas from Detroit, uh, Magic Johnson, and then without a question, I think Chris Paul with one ring would leap Steph Curry. He would leap a lot of motherfuckers if he if he secures one ring. Uh, that's how yeah, great Chris Chris Paul is. Um, would you would you think uh would you like do you think the Suns would be like the favorite moving forward in like uh the West? 
with 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 Chris Paul hurt? Or I mean, okay, say Chris Paul is if like they, healthy. If they advance, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Because personally, I think they would probably be the favorite. Um, but I wanted to hear what you said. The thing about the West, and I'm a Hornets fan, so I kind of watch only East Coast basketball because I'm normally sleep during West Coast hours. I ain't gonna lie. Before this yeah. playoffs, I didn't watch one Suns game all season, so I can't sit up here and have a educated opinion on what like the Suns prospects are as far as the West because I didn't watch a lot of Utah games. I don't think anybody did. Um, I didn't watch a lot of um. Clipper games, so I don't know how they stack to the rest of the West, especially with Chris Paul hurt. But what I do, what I do see is the Suns are so fast, they're so athletic, and they hit shots. So that's good, good enough to win the West. Mm-hmm. Compared to the other teams, the Suns are a modern NBA team as far as. They got a bunch of motherfuckers that can hit shots. Cam Payne can hit shots in 2021. Russell Westbrook's old dance buddy is hitting shots. That's how crazy shit is. And yeah. you got Devin Booker who who apparently can't miss. <laughs> um, yeah. They they can hit shots and they are really explosive. Even Chris Paul can get to the basket against the Lakers because the Lakers got a bunch of big seven-foot plotting motherfuckers who can't run. They so the Suns are just running up and they're running them off the court. LeBron's an older player; he don't want to chase these motherfuckers around. Andre Drummond's a right. big motherfucker; he ain't chasing nobody. Uh, Mark Gasol is older than me; <laughs> he ain't chasing nobody around. He's slow, and even when you get AD, AD is often injured and he's a seven foot what seven two or some shit he ain't chasing nobody around so right now the suns are just quicker faster they're hitting shots as long as the shots fall they're gonna beat the lakers and eliminate the ass i don't know what the suns would do past that maybe that would be the end of the bus because chris paul is hurt but right i mean i I don't think i answered the question but (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm asleep most of the time during West games. I went to bed last night before the Lakers game even started, so I just woke up and checked the score. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm the same way. I don't really watch West Coast too much because I'm on Eastern time too. So I, I'm a Bulls fan, so I watch more of the Eastern stuff. Uh, but I do like the Suns. I like Devin Booker, so I'm kind of hoping that they turn out and, uh, and, and win the West. I think that would be kind of cool to see them in the finals. Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to D Book because if they wasn't blowing the Lakers out like they were, D Book was about to get their ass forty. He had like nineteen in the first quarter. He was on pace to get their ass fifty, sixty. It just wasn't necessary because it was, it was a blowout. Right. So shout out Don't to the Suns. Dame Lillard. While this blowout was going on, the best game in the NBA was actually played by Portland. And Denver, Dame Lillard is a known playoff killer and hit two game-tying three-pointers, even though it wasn't enough. Portland still end up losing the game. But Dame Lillard is ice cold. Man, is an assassin. 
in the playoffs. Um, I, I I don't even care who wins that series. I want to give Dame Lillard his flowers right now and say, Dame, you are a assassin. You are an assassin, my boy. A killer at the highest order. And yeah. I salute. I, I'm just here to salute you, Dame. <laughs> salute you, Dame. Um, he's a fucking any monster. comment. He's been do- yes. he's been doing that shit forever too. Like throughout his entire career, he's been showing out in the playoffs and making plays like that. I it, I just feel bad because I like him a lot, and I do like Portland, but I feel like he kind of wasted his career away there. Um, I feel like he's like the AJ Green of basketball. Like he was a fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. player, top player in his uh, position group, and he never got really any recognition or got shit done because he was playing for a small team in a small area and they didn't have the players to really do anything. But uh, where uh, my question for you is where, where do you think Dame falls like all time as a point guard? Would you um, rank him up with some of the greats or do you think he's like a tier lower or even a couple tiers lower? It might be one tier lower than the, like I said, the Chris Pauls and the, um, Magic Johnsons, and you know I'm a Virginia. Not only am I a Virginia boy, but I'm from Duke News and Allen Iverson. See, Allen Iverson is like my goat. Like if you yeah. from if you from Virginia, Allen Iverson is your goat. Even though he technically didn't play point guard, whatever he played the two guard, but we all know Allen Iverson is a point guard. They just didn't want to label a person that scored that much a point guard because in the '90s and 2000s, a point guard was supposed to run the team. No. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson got exactly. buckets by any means. So but now, you know, they don't put that label on people no more. But uh is Dame up there with them? He's probably a tier lower than them. He's probably on the Chris Paul where like he would need to win a ring to get into the I guess the top one room because the thing about the NBA, especially nowadays, is all the point guards are great, it seems. Yeah. Um so, so he would have to probably win a ring to separate himself. And the thing about Dame is when he retires, he's not gonna have as many all star appearances as a lot of the other great point guards because Dame was in the era where he wasn't even making all star teams because Steph, Chris Paul and you know James Harden was making it, so mm-hmm. it, I think Dame low key got snubbed from like three or four All Star games that he should have. Like I, I don't want to say he he deserved it more than them, but just the right. fuck you can only send but so many people. So exactly. So I, I think I think, he, I, I think his All NBAs his All NBAs probably don't have any All NBAs. If not, he might got a couple second teams. But it's just his his accolades, even though he's a known killer, being he came up in the golden era of attacking point guards, his accolades won't match, you know, his highlights. Sadly, yeah, I think it. I I totally agree. I just think it kind of sucks for him because I I feel like he's so talented and so good, and he it's just gonna like if I was in his situation, I'd be so fucking pissed off. I hope yeah. I kind of hope that he goes ring chasing though, uh, and gets one. He said he he said he'd never do it. Said I know he, he never do that. 
I know he Which, says that. But maybe like, he'll change his true? tune by like year eleven, and it's like, all right, this right? shit is run his course. Because he's starting to get a little. He's starting to get older now. Like he's he's no longer like that young player in the league anymore. But he's still dropping. Yeah, I believe he's thirty. Thirty yeah. years old. So maybe so, in two seasons he says, "Okay, I gave Portland literally everything I had, and um, now it's time to holler at Charlotte because we're the next motherfucker. We're the next dynasty." <laughs> He 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 having having mellow. Oh my god, that should be crazy. But um, yeah. Shout out to Dame. I just want to get Dame his flowers. Um, what else going on in the world? Koi Larray got booed. That shit was crazy. Um, one thing about Koi Larray, and I'm not a I'm not really familiar with Big Purr, but um, she got booed in Houston. And I think she got on Twitter the other night, whatever, and she was expressing how she wants to quit quit rapping and things like that. But what Coy Ray needs to understand is black people are going to boo. Like, fans, white people are going to throw shit and spit on you. That's what I learned watching these playoffs. Black people are going to boo. If we don't know you or know your song, we're going to boo you. It's just... That's it's part of it. And what Coyle Ray needs to understand is you are popping online. You are not popping to where you're selling out shows and everybody know your songs. As as I talk about Coyle Ray right now, it's probably three people who know who the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, but I honestly Ray, just looked her up. <laughs> Coyle Ray is popping on social media. But she probably thought that it translates to her having fans that know her music. No, those people, those people who love you on Instagram, some people who love you on Twitter, they don't buy shows. They don't buy show. They don't buy front row seats to concerts. Those people support you online. Those are not people that buy shows. You know who buy shows? Adults. And they didn't know who the fuck you were, Miss Larray. And that's so what she needs to learn is there's a difference between being lit online and having a real actual fan base. Those are two different things. If Kendrick Lamar and I'm not a Kendrick Lamar fan at all. Um, I listen to the, you know, I listen to ignorant music. So I love all the ignorant shit. I don't listen to real hip hop. I listen to the dumb <laughs> shit. So but I'll sit up here and tell you I ain't going to none of them niggas shows. Nah, no, <laughs> no, fuck no. But uh, so pretty much, Corey, what you need to know, understand, mamas, is there's a difference between social media fame and, and being an actual rap superstar. Uh, the the biggest rap superstars aren't lit on social media. Uh, probably outside of Drake, and I don't even see Drake online that much. So that's that. That's, that's all I wanted to say about that. You familiar right. with Coyle Ray and her music? You Are you honestly, familiar with Big Purr? Honestly, not really. Like, I, I wasn't really even <laughs> sure what the fucking story was. But uh, yeah. what I what I will say about the whole situation now that I know that I'm, now I'm caught to speed, um, I did hear something recently where somebody said, and I did love the quote, they said, uh, being great online only makes you great online. It does not make you great in person. And I think a lot of people right. get that confused. Right. 
in 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 this era of hip hop and rap, we are in an era where these rappers be so much concerned about the clout because they think clout is the currency. When actually, no, quality music will will forever be the currency. That's why I don't. That's why every time a new rapper comes out, and like I say, I'm a fan of all the dumb shit. I'm a fan of the young dumb shit. You know, because that's what gets me hyped. I, I live. I'm an energy person. I love energy, so I love the dumb shit. But I'll sit up here and recognize that quality music always, always wins in the end if you're a rapper. So. If you come out as a rapper and you doing the dumb shit, you have to eventually learn how to make real music or you're going to die out. You'll be you'll be out of here in a week. All right, so what happened to a Pop lot Smoke. of these not Pop Smoke well, uh uh Smoke got killed. No, smoke Perp, Smoke Perp. Smoke Perp is the perfect example. Perfect. <laughs> smoke Perp is if you would have said Smoke Perp name 3 4 years ago the most late motherfucker ever. You couldn't pay a motherfucker to listen to Smoke Perp today. Right. That clout and shit runs out eventually. I even remember seeing an article about him and he was like he was like confused of why his shows were as trash as they were. And I forget right. somebody 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 else famous came out and said that they were like Bro, you got more Instagram followers than me, but my shows will always be sold out because I make actual music. You make garbage. You have to eventually transition to real music. Your fans, rap fans, are the most fickle. Rap fans move. Rap fans change like the wind. Rap fans will love you and hate you the same day. <laughs> Motherfucker. Man, listen. These motherfuckers. But, uh... What else going over in the world? It might have been, oh. been a dead. It might have been a dead week as far as pop culture. I yeah, for me in pop culture right now, I I've been I've been trying real hard to keep on board with the whole uh, with with everything in sports. And sometimes sometimes when I'm busy, I miss mm -hmm. out on some of the some of the little. Nah, it ain't it ain't been much of shit. We talk about we had a fucking coil array topic on here. That shit did. Ain't shit going on. That's it for Don V Friday, <laughs> man. That's it for Don V Fridays. We appreciate y'all for rocking out with the podcast. Let me send a shout out to everybody that wished me well health when I was going through my situation. I wanted to thank everybody over NTP two that showed me love and support and help me get through this uh time in my life uh i want to thank my family and friends that helped me through this time of my life um and i want to thank my co-hosts man rocking out man, man. but anytime bro out, i'm glad out, you straight shows oh, oh i'm always be straight you better I'm not always. scare me like that <laughs> i'll always be straight shit like I said, I ain't even know. I thought I just had a headache. So it wasn't like I was in the hospital suffering or nothing like that. It was just a situation that needed to get put under control. It's under control. And um I made the I called the proper audibles to make sure shit like that don't happen no more. So Yeah. Hey man, good. I'm glad you I'm glad you're good now. Yeah, man, I'm good, man. Bless black and highly favored, man. But that's it, man. God bless.